0: Hello, and thanks for coming to Living the Writing Life. Uh, Today I have a guest on. It's Dorothy Rosby, and she is a uh, syndicated humor columnist who has won an award. So that definitely gives you an idea that the woman can be funny. But she's also an author, and um, I would like her to share a little bit about the books that she's written, and then we're going to talk about the role that humor can play when we are in the midst of such an unfunny time in this world. So hello, Dorothy. Thanks for being here. Oh, Thanks for having me. This will be fun. Why don't, you, um, why don't we start by, by you telling a little bit about the books that you have written?
1: Well, I'm on my third. I just released my third book in the middle of a global pandemic. So what good timing that was. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't plan it at all. That, was the, that one's called Alexis a Spy and Other Things to Be Ticked Off About, humorous essays on the hassles of our time. And then the last one I wrote is a, a book of parenting humor, and it is called I Didn't Know You Could Make Birthday Cake from Scratch. <laughs> and the very first one I wrote is called um, I Used to Think I Was Not That Bad, and then I Got to Know Me Better. Um, <laughs> I, I, I call that the book for people who uh, read self-improvement books and never get any better. <laughs> so as you can see, Nancy, I need to work on um, shortening my titles because <laughs> I can an entire interview just telling you the names of my books. So I'm going to do that. Shorter title next time. Wow. man. <laughs> Something
0: like that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I do think it's funny though. I mean, you know, short titles. Sure, it might fit better on a little bookmark, but but they're funny titles. You know, they they <laughs> want people. You know, people when they read them, it's like, oh, I gotta I gotta read this book because this title is already so funny. <laughs> But so, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess that you've been a humor writer for some time now. About how long have you been on the humorous side of the fence? I
1: started writing a humor column um 24 years ago oh good uh, lord about a month before my son was born I always say my son was born right on his due date about a month <laughs> after my first column and I say that is a sign that I'm a humor columnist cuz I never miss a deadline so <laughs> see yeah so 24 years now and I, I um started my local paper and now my column runs in papers in the west and midwest so
0: oh my goodness that that is a long time to have to be funny, and, you know, I think a lot of people have the idea that, oh, it's got to be so easy writing funny. You know, I'm funny. I could probably do this. What What do you find is actually the biggest challenge of, your columns come out, what, weekly? How often do your columns come out? I have usually three deadlines a month, sometimes more. So, wow. Yeah
1: not i mean and they're short my columns are 550 to 650 words mm-hmm. um, which is actually very it's a good discipline to learn to shave off things because if it if it doesn't do something if it doesn't play a part in making the reader laugh that needs to go anyway so that's a good thing to have to shave things off to fit but that's it's hard sometimes yeah, what I want I to say.
0: i, I would uh, guess so but i would also think that having you know having to do so many having to do so many over so many years it could it it's very challenging sometimes especially to sort of be funny on command because i'm sure your your life isn't just one big laughter i mean you know if if you're like the rest of us you've had you know difficult times in life so just from your own experience how How were you able to shut the door on whatever was happening in your life that maybe wasn't funny and still put on the happy face and and write something? What what did you do to, to be able to do that? You know what I really think
1: has helped me is that I have a very, I'm very disciplined and every morning, I mean, rarely do I miss a morning. In 24 years, I I get up before anyone else wakes up in the house. I go to my computer in my jammies and I write. Um, for, you know, now I write much longer because I'm just, I'm working at home now. But before, even when I was caring for a mother and raising a son and working full time and writing a column, every morning I wrote um, humor. And the thing is, I mean, even if it was just a half hour, there's something about, writing and then leaving it and coming oh there goes my cat (laughs) sorry you might see a cat running across the computer Um, but there's something about that writing and then coming back the next day that cooking time in between was really useful but I really believe in that just that discipline it's like the muse if you welcome her she does let you down but if you, if you ignore her she she ignores you back, so yeah, I think it's that really it's that discipline that's kept me doing it
0: yeah you you sound like you keep the same schedule, well, I have because I do the same thing i you know I'm a copywriter by trade, so you know that's like the work hours, the nine to five hours because that's how I pay the bills, but for my, my own work, my short stories or the novels that I'm working on or whatever, you know, I do that first thing in the morning, take my cup of coffee, get in my, you know, put on my slippers, go down to the office and, and work. And, and what I have found over the years too, is that, you know, even if you only allocate that half hour or whatever in the morning, there, there is some part of your mind that is always working on, that piece that you worked on that morning, even if you're not consciously aware of it. So that when you come yeah. back to it the yeah. next day, you're not having to sort of turn the engine back on because you sort of left it running, you know. And it um, Yeah,
1: it's that cooking time. I really value that. I and mean, it's like yeah. if your subconscious is working on it while you're sleeping or whatever. It just really works for me to have it cooking overnight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But in order to cook overnight, you have to have the discipline to get started in the morning, you know, and, you know, get back to it every day. So, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I think a lot of people, especially a lot of writers who are just starting out writing, I, I think they're, you know, they have that, that thinking of, well, I have to wait till I'm inspired. I have to wait until everything is perfect, you know, the right time, the right music, the right lighting, the right wine whatever whatever it might take and it's like you know i always think of it this way you know writing is sort of like having kids there's never really a right time you just do it you know and some days it works out and some days it doesn't but yeah, it, it is. It is a discipline. It is. It is the routine, because I think the routine makes all the difference. And especially in your case, because you have those those preset deadlines, um, you know, I can remember when when I worked for the the newspaper, it's like, you don't ever walk in and say, well, you know, I, I didn't, didn't finish my article on time because I just wasn't motivated because you would be motivated right out the door, you know? (laughs) So it is, there is that hanging over your head also. Um, Do you find that um, sometimes you, you write something and, and it's, and it's good, you know, it's good. You just don't have a place for it. So you just sort of park it over there. It's, I, I like to refer to it as being in, in the writing pantry. It's there when you need it. You know, you don't need to turn it in now, but it's sort of like just a little bonus extra. Do you, do you have pieces like that that are sort of waiting to find a home? I, I have pieces. Um, they're not
1: quite ready to send, but I am convinced that when an idea shows up, you better honor it and put it down no matter what else you have on your plate at that moment. And so I do, I put it down and then I have kind of an obsessive compulsive uh, filing system where I have, it's silly. I mean, it's people will, you know, if anyone goes through my files someday when I'm long gone, they'll think, what is wrong? What was wrong with her really? But, but I just, so I have all these little notes, and they're in various stages of completion, and I have them stuffed in file folders with similar notes. And eventually, when a file folder has a lot in it, then I schedule it on my column calendar so that I I really never face a column deadline with no idea. I couldn't bear that. I know columnists that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. They work at the last minute. They love the adrenaline, I guess. That would really take the fun out of it for me. So I have a column calendar. I have things scheduled. You know, the calendar might get all destroyed by some change in my schedule. But, you know, the pandemic, for example, I've written yeah. about five oh. times about that, that changed my schedule. But I always have something planned if nothing else comes along. It, you know, it just, keeps it fun for me and less worrisome you know I would take the fun out of it if I didn't do it that way so yeah yeah. there's stacks of things ready to at least expand on you know
0: yeah yeah and no I I I totally I totally go along with that because just the idea of of waking up in the morning and going oh my god I have to write 600 words and I got nothing you know that (laughs) that that would not be a nice place to be. That would not be my favorite place to be. You know, you, you brought up the pandemic, and that that was one of the things I wanted to talk about because obviously we've got the pandemic, we've got the riots, we have so many terrible, awful things happening in the world. And you know, there are there's a lot of of people writing about it from a very serious perspective, which is which is important. You know, and then I'm I'm thinking, you know, is it right for for us to be writing something humorous at this time? Are we are we being um, are we being rude about it? Are we being you know what's wrong with us? But you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I think there can be a value not not that we're finding anything funny in the pandemic, because I don't think there would be anything funny to find in the pandemic, but there is a place for humor, even during such dreadful times, because it almost allows us to breathe a little bit. Now, in your case, you know, I'm not writing humor. In your case, you are writing humor. Are you finding it harder during this time to to write funny when when the news is full of absolutely not funny things how how are you how are you navigating through that you know i it's
1: again it's because of that discipline my habit is to get up and go write so the first thing in the morning i i do that and i had i don't think i've really been affected my writing's really been affected negatively by by that I have had the same thoughts you have about is this um, trivial or not but I have not been I have not been any less inspired and I think the reason is um, I'm kind of on high alert I don't know if you if you are if you know what I mean but I feel like under a tense time like this everything is so different right now my life is so different that I'm actually more alert to things I'm paying attention. And you know, and the thing that I, as a person who really indulges in self-deprecating humor a lot, the thing I'm really paying attention to a lot is me and my reactions to things. So just watching, like, like watching how, um, for example, (laughs) how Zoom meetings. I did a whole column on Zoom meetings, and and I'm observing how you know everything silly about Zoom meetings and how we look and how awful everyone (laughs) looks on a Zoom meeting, or I'm noticing. How awful I look in a, in a mask, you know, <laughs> you know it's like, it, it really, it's like you're, if you're, if you're a, somebody who indulges in self-deprecating humor, you are on high alert for the reactions you're having right now. And and so I feel like that, that it has not hurt my humor writing at all. There's a lot that is, is bothering me a lot, but, um, but as, but as far as, as that goes, it's, um, It's not, it's, I've written five columns now about pandemic in some form or another, Zoom meetings, social distancing, um, what I call the post-pandemic hygiene patrol, (laughs) which I'm, I'm, you know, gathering up right now, just um, uh, insomnia during the pandemic, just different things like that, because I'm kind of, like I said, I'm on high alert for the different way that I and other people I know are responding. Mm -hmm. that's what you do with self-deprecating humor is you notice that behavior and make fun of it so Mm -hmm. there's no shortage of odd behavior right now so
0: well yeah i mean this is really true it's it's just everything is so different Mm -hmm. and and i know like in my case because i work out of my home and because i'm live alone um that part of my life has not changed much. I mean, the income has certainly changed much since, you know, most of my clients, everybody is, you know, kind of hunkering down and waiting. But um, but the rest of my life is pretty much the same because I never, you know, I wasn't a social butterfly. You know, I just, I work. I write. I work. So, but it's when I have to leave the house and then it's like, then you do the little checklist, you know, do I have my mask? Do I have my gloves? You know, what is the absolute minimum I need to buy so that I can get in and out of the store? I mean, I I have to say, not that I was much of a shopper before, but you know, I mean, I'm losing, you know how you always get those store coupons. Oh, $5 off if you come in today. You know, there was a time when it would be like, I'm not losing that five bucks. Right now, it's like. Hmm. I don't think that $5 is worth my life. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's amazing. You know, I, I was telling the, the one cashier as, as, I'm, I'm in the store, I mean, you know, how, especially women, we would always walk in with our handbag. You know, we walk in with this, in my case, big old handbag, cause you always have extra stuff in it. Right. And your yeah. purse and this, and that is, I mean, I am down to like set of car keys And my bank card and a handwritten list. I won't even bring my phone into the store because it's like, then that's one more thing I got to clean off right when I get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, you know, this is kind of, kind of nice. Talk about um, who was it Thoreau, Simplify, Simplify. Yeah, I mean, it's like, man, this is, this is quick this is fast, you know, I know what I want, I can get it, I'm out of there 15 minutes. And it takes longer to clean the stuff when you get it home than it does mm-hmm. to actually buy it. But um, are, are you getting any feedback from your readers? Is anybody, you know, saying anything? Are they, are they finding your column kind of a a relief and needed something that they needed to read to kind of balance things? You know,
1: I almost always at least a couple of readers respond with every column I write, and the most recent one I wrote that had a that had a pandemic theme was about insomnia during the pandemic. Because I because I read that is one of the casualties of you know sleep is one of the casualties of of the pandemic. People are anxious and they're. And, but the other thing is their schedules have really changed, and that messes up your sleep sleep schedule. So I wrote about that. And I did have several people um, respond to my column about that and um, and I, that I posted on my blog as well. And people responded to that, that, yeah, they are having trouble sleeping and, you know, they sympathize with me and, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it does hit home because normally the kinds of things I write about are just real life, you know, mm-hmm. and I put myself out there. I'm very, admit my flaws and my group ups and I do that. Because I make an assumption that other people have those same flaws or those same mistakes, and I hope I'm right. But you know, usually that's true. You know, <laughs> otherwise I'm too much information. But usually I find that when I am vulnerable like that and admit my fo- you know, my flaws and goof-ups, that other people relate, and I and they, you know, many do get back to me. It's one of the that's one of the joys about self-deprecating humor is. It's very much a window into my life, but it's also a mirror into the readers because I tell my story and then they think of theirs and then they tell me theirs. So that's very um, gratifying when that happens.
0: Yeah. And I think it's good too, because then they find out, like you said, they're not the only ones, you know, here's somebody else who's having the same problem I'm having and she's poking fun at herself for it. So maybe i can kind of poke fun at myself instead of letting that become one more stressful thing right. because you know i mean it there's no denying it it is a high stress time um so now, what are you, so you just released your third book. You have, are you working or planning on working on another one? Is there another one kind of leading I, the way?
1: Yeah, I've got a fourth one in the works and it'll take me forever, but it's, a uh, it's about holidays and special events and things like that. It's tentatively titled. It's a little shorter, Nancy, a little shorter. <laughs> it's, it's tentatively titled, um, tis the season to feel inadequate, <laughs> holidays <laughs> and special events and special events. And other you know yeah so um yeah and I do I have started it but right now I've just been the, the thick of marketing this book and during this time has mm-hmm. been just insane I mean um I just couldn't have picked a worse time I didn't I did not see this coming. You know, no. I don't know who, who did.
0: Who right? did well? You know, I
1: did not see this coming. I am um, actually, I, I don't know if I told you this, I actually had to change the title. Oh, really? Well, because it was called Alexis a Spy and Other Things to Worry About Humorous Essays on the Hazards of Our Time, which oh. I really loved that title. I loved it. Um, but. I actually had the proof in my hand, but when I told people that title before they laughed, and when I told them that after the pandemic, before I had given my approval to publish it, I had people say, ew, seriously, ew. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. "Mm, I don't know that. So I wound up changing it, having the cover design, which really threw me off my game. I still like that other title better, but... but a book about the hazards of our time that leaves out a global pandemic, might, it might be a little conspicuous by its absence. Yeah, so, just a hair. So, and it's a humorous look at all that stuff too. I mean, it's not any, in no serious, but um, still it just didn't feel right. So yeah, just a bad time. to but, and I know I'm not the only one. There yeah. were a lot of people releasing books, you know, yeah. in the scheme of things, it's a small problem compared to what other people. Have this so I this is it. true.
0: This is true. I mean, my, my second collection came out the beginning of May and I had big plans. I mean, I was making plans like in November and December and one of my, my plans was to be, to go to Florida. Actually, I would have been in Florida now um, because the it's a short story collection and the title story takes place in St. Augustine. So I had, oh man, I had great plans. You know, I was going to do a, a fundraiser with a local arts group I had, you know, and it was like, okay, this, and see my son too. He lives down in St. Pete. So it was kind of like, Oh, and by the way, Joe, I'm going to come down and see you too, in between everything else. And it was like nothing. I mean, everything, even what, you know, I live in Ohio and even book events that I have scheduled here for July and August, I don't think so. I, you know, I, even with a mask, it's like, first of all, how many people are, are going to feel comfortable coming into a bookstore? And do I necessarily feel all that comfortable? You know, so hence talk about Zoom meetings and everything. I mean, I am, I'm old school. I like to be in person. And then it was like, I had to find out how to do a podcast. I had to find out how to do a Zoom thing. I mean, you know, definitely not Academy Award material, but it is what it is. Now, what what have you, what are you doing to promote the book that just came out since you can't obviously go out in public and do your events? what well, is I,
1: I've been posting it, I mean, this, and this was so time consuming on all of those book promotion websites, you know, like. Uh, Human-made, and oh, I can't even remember the names of them of them all. But there's at least fifteen, and that is so time-consuming. At least fifteen that I've done. There's many more than that. Where you uh-huh. post your books, and then hopefully get like interviews. Some of them do like spotlight. I've done that. I had my own little Facebook campaign. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have quite an email list, so I've I've uh, emailed my list and the one of the fortunate things about being a columnist is my so my column runs in um, 37 38 different publications around the west and midwest so i was able and, and i'm still working on this contacting radio stations in those towns and i'm doing interviews on the radio in those towns you know by by phone um and my newspapers did press releases for me and so those kind of things whatever I can do those are actually things I probably would have been doing anyway um but no I I had several speaking engagements that I had to or that were canceled no book signing event and I've always I've always Mm -hmm. done really well at my local bookstore I'm not doing any book signing so it's really changed the way we do things you know it it has. Learning all this technology is not a bad thing. I'm very impressed with you. <laughs> I did not have the guts to do that. I had to be forced into this whole Zoom, and now I have a Zoom meeting, you know, once or twice a week, and I'm learning. But you yeah. know, it's all new. It's all new.
0: <laughs> well, and, and you know, I, I have a tendency to to back into things. So it was like after. Um, it wasn't too bad when I was doing the excerpts from the short stories because they only run 10 minutes. Okay. So I knew how to put them on my website. That was no problem. And then when I did the first interview for this podcast, which I thought, okay, fine, I'll just create a page on my web, website and do it. And um, I had contacted another writer, Casey Bell, because we were going to do mutual interviews and post them on, on each other's blogs. And, and I said, oh, well – I'm getting really good at Zoom. Let's, I'll, I'll do you on Zoom, then you do me on Zoom, and we'll do this. I mean, and he is so much better than me. I mean, when I saw what he did, I'm like, okay, I don't even know how to do what you did. But anyways, so we, we, do, our, we do the initial interview, 30 minutes, fine and dandy, and I learned how to convert it because you have to convert the audio and yada, 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 and uh, go to post it on my website and find out it's too long. It, it, it like exceeded what my website limitations were, and I'm like, oh well, I had long term plans, for so that is how I backed into um, finding a podcast hosting service because that's the only way I could do it, and then by hosting it on on the service, then I could put it back onto my website but it was you know it was it was kind of like god forbid i should i should learn how to do something first before i do it no let me do it first and then figure out how to make it work you know so it was yeah but i mean there is still you know there's still so much when i see other people's podcasts and i'm like wow how did they do that or or other people's uh zoom zoom videos and i'm like gee how did they do i've I'm oh, going to have to watch a Zoom video to learn how to do it. I mean, that's really what I it comes know. down to. You watch a YouTube video to learn how to do something so that you could put it on YouTube. It's, it's a learning process. But,
1: I know. Um. know. Yeah, so much. So much in changing. You know, everything changes. You think you got
0: something figured out.
1: And then, yeah, and, and then it changes. And, of do. course,
0: the young ones, they could do it, you know, with both hands tied behind their their back because, to them, this is like no big deal. I mean, I personally would be very hesitant to do, um, what is it, Facebook Live? Only because, yeah, only because the idea of doing anything live does not appeal to me. It's like, no, because if it's really bad, I want the ability to throw it in the, in, in the little trash can and say, let's do this again, you know, I, I just, which is weird because I'm comfortable doing things in person, but that's different. I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe because if you blow it in person, no one's videotaping you, so it's gone out of people's memory. But, um, but anyways, no, this, this was um, – I, I was glad that you were, were able to, to, be, to be on and talk about this. Now, now I am curious. So you're, you're working on another book, but are you also ever tempted to write not funny, to write something serious? Have you written more serious type material?
1: I have, I, um, I've written a few serious essays and submitted them to various contests and whatnot. And I've I'm not, I'm not had a lot of success with that, but I actually come from a public relations background. So I spent years and years writing press releases and newsletter articles, and even copywriting for advertising and video scripts and all of those kind of things. So I did that for years. Um, you know, what it really comes down to is Humor is my thing. I, I every once in a while, I am inspired to write something more serious, but I just, you know, I always come back to humor. When I was um, younger, I wrote fiction and poetry and all of that. But when I was so busy taking care of my mother, who, and my son, and they were 80 years apart, so I was really busy, and... um working full time I kind of had to narrow my focus and it was like I'm all, I don't have time for everything so mm-hmm. I just settled I just settled on the one that meant the most to me you know really kind of distilled my my feeling about writing and that's the one that's that's me that's mine so you know you gotta <laughs> do, you gotta you know it's good to try new things it stretches you but um
0: everyone's got their gifts and you just gotta yeah, yeah we 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 know what our We know where we belong. And and like you said, you can stretch yourself doing other things, but there's always something we come back to that is like intrinsically us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Well, I am so glad that we had this opportunity to talk and I am going to, um, have to keep my eye out for your next book you know definitely let me know when it's out and, um, and obviously this one as well so um, uh, I appreciate you being on, on on the on the little show and sharing your experience and and how and the role that humor plays when we're in the middle of such a messy messy time uh, in life crazy time yep yes well I appreciate it. it was wonderful to meet you thanks so much All right. You take care and um, let's stay in touch. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.